listening to Make It, a podcast by Bonsai Creative that helps aspiring professionals in film get where they're going faster by dissecting the advice, knowledge, and insights of professional creatives in the film industry. I'm your host, Chris Barkley. Hey, my name is Ted Welt. I am a writer, actor. You might know me from movies such as The Help or AWOL or Wild Man or television shows like True Blood or Justified. And currently, I just finished a feature that I'm in the financing processes of called The Weekenders that I wrote with one of my best friends, K.K. Fox. Thank you, Ted, so much for joining. And um, with that much experience to offer uh, our listeners, I'd, I'd love just to jump right in. Um, what, what is the biggest challenge you've overcome as a filmmaker and how did you overcome it? And, and by filmmaker in the, in this sense, I mean, as a writer, as a, as an actor and as a creator. Um, I would say that I had a, I had a pretty, pretty easy rise. Like once I got cast in the help, it was a pretty like catapult effect. So I would say the challenge came a little bit later. The challenge as in acting and writing, I got to a point where I needed to create my own content because people wanted me to just keep playing a certain thing. And therefore that forced me into writing. I had always dabbled in it and always liked writing, but I hadn't really concentrated in it. Uh, so for me as an actor, when I write, I just play all the characters. So mm-hmm. I, I, got a, I got an idea and I wrote a web series called Squirrel and Donkey with my friend, uh, Graham Outerbridge. Um, and our director from Wildman, Jackie, directed the, all, the whole series. And I was like, okay, well, I need to make people see that I'm funny. Or I need to make people see that I can do this or that or this. So I guess um, the biggest challenge for me as an actor was for people to see me as something besides a big, violent redneck. And the right. way I was over, I overcame it was I just wrote my own roles. I commented on it. I made fun of it. I, uh, you know, that's the only way you can do it anymore. Unless you're, unless you're a model or you're just, you get really lucky. You have to form your own career. Yeah, it's a really great point. And just to be clear and for clarity's sake, uh, Wild Man is a, is a movie that you wrote and starred in. Uh, last year that's headed towards distribution and you're referring to Jackie Phillips as the director. Yes. Yes. Gotcha. Perfect. And I I love this idea of having to create your own way. So, so with that in mind, you know, you know that now. So, so what is the biggest challenge you're facing right now as an actor and a writer? Um, I, I, as a, as an actor have backed away a lot. Like, I'm not taking a lot of auditions anymore. I will sometimes, but, like, um, I just if I don't really like it, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to audition for it, which is, you know, I'm obviously not a famous actor. I'm not some famous person. I shouldn't be doing that, but I kind of feel like that's what I want to do. I want to be picky. Mm -hmm. I want to do things I want to do. The biggest challenge I'm facing now... 
I guess I write these scripts that people have a good reaction to. And it's all about like when you finance something, it's like, well, what name can we get in this to, to get to make sure that we make our money back? Mm-hmm. And that is so important. But at the same time, sometimes like I struggle a lot with like I really write scripts to be made for cheap. Not, I mean, it's just like two people talking because, I, I mean, I have a lot of really talented friends or like most of my friends that work till the last year or so lived in Los Angeles and New York. And I, I being from Nashville, want to use people from here. There's a ton of talented people here, but it is hard. That's a challenge when you're making stuff. It's a challenge to say to someone, hey, I need $150,000 to make this independent movie and I want to use people from here. And the challenge is getting the money because a lot of times they want to say, well, I get that. I appreciate that. But we need to have some sort of a bankable asset, which right. I get, you know, but it's, that's the challenge I run into. And, you know, Nick and I have been trying to reeducate the market and we will continue to try to reeducate the market on the reality, which is in our opinion, unless you're one of the top 10 or 15 stars in Hollywood, the star system has is dead. And it's been dead for a really long time, and people don't notice it. Uh, unfortunately, investor, investors are part of that group. Uh, the market that opened when the star system closed, in our opinion, is the talent market. So if you're really great and the story is really great, the movie will do really well. So I would just point you right to Moonlight, for example. Uh, as an example of the latest movie that won an award and didn't have a name actor in it. Or Florida Project. Florida exactly. Project has Will, it has Willem Dafoe, but I challenged somebody to name some, anyone else. Yeah. And, and I mean, it could have probably, with the strength of the story, not had Willem Dafoe in it. And it probably got Willem Dafoe because the story was so strong, right? So, so we are always advocating that make your story great and find your audience and the star system doesn't really matter because Gen Zers and millennials want authenticity. Yeah. So it, it's our parents that wanted stars. Um, what are the two best pieces of advice you've received so far in your career and who did they come from? <clears throat> I'll just speak to acting on this one. Um, Cause I don't know that I've, I haven't, I have peers in the writing world or like friends of mine that have written some bigger stuff than I have. And I'll ask their opinion, but I don't know that I've gotten a ton of advice, you know, besides like, you know, like some Stephen King stuff where you read where he's just like, listen, I just vomit it out and then I fix it later, (laughs) which is kind of my style. But acting wise, I had two really great pieces of advice. So, uh, when I lived in Los Angeles towards the end, um, I, I, uh, rebuilt William H. Macy's chicken coop. He had a chicken coop and a friend of mine was his assistant. And I was, she was like, you're handy. Do you want to come fix this? And I was like, sure. Um, so I was up there for like three days rebuilding his chicken coop and he'd come down and talk to me afterwards and, you know, joke around and stuff for like 10 minutes. And, uh, I was finishing up one day and he, he came down and he said, uh, I hear you're leaving to go do a movie. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go do this movie. I really like the script. Uh, it's called AWOL, which is a wonderful movie everyone should watch. It's on mm-hmm. Netflix. But I was like, I, I just really love it, but there's 
there's this one line in it and I just like don't know how to say it. I don't, I can't, I don't know how to say it without coming off just like a misogynist, just dick. And he looked at me, he just looked at me and it was just so wise. And he goes, they're just words, man. Just say them. <laughs> just say them and believe them. And I was like, that's so simple. And, and what am I? Yes, you're correct. And I was just really overthinking. And I, I remember I went to Pennsylvania to shoot and I, then I did that. I just was like, okay, I have to say this awful thing, but I'm just going to let it, let it ride. And then the other one, I was at the Williamstown Theater Festival in 2003, and uh, we were doing an acting workshop. And this, this, this guy was teaching, and he was, he's an acting coach in New York, and he's been on a bunch of TV shows as an acting coach. His name was Ted Sliberski. And I was like Ted. He's a cool dude. But I was, yeah. I was listening to him talk, and this, this other student stood up, and he was like, you know, when I'm trying to find my way, and he got really actory with it and started going into it, and Ted just goes, I'm going to stop you right there. There's a place for that, but let's put that to bed. And right now, we're working on television, and we're working on film acting, and I'm going to tell you what, acting's adult pretend. Mm. And I was like, I sat there, and I had done all this school, and I was like, that is what exactly what it is. It is adult pretend, and I just that has been in my head forever. So for me as an actor, I don't need like 20 minutes to, to ramp up. Even if I have to cry, I need like two minutes. Leave me alone. Let me listen to Coldplay. I'm going to pretend <laughs> I'm going to pretend that this is happening to me. And that's always kind of and I know some other actors are going to come down on that, and I get that. But 95% of the time in my career, I have been asked to play a version of me. Now, that version might be from Boston, might be from New York, might be from Ireland, might be from somewhere else, might have done terrible things. But I just pretend that is that version of me. Yeah. And I think that's actually one of your strongest suits as an actor is is that you can play you better than anyone, <laughs> Me, meaning you can take yourself, your personality, and insert it into the character in a way that other actors have you know, a hard time doing, or they need the script written for their personality instead. Um, so, so having had such great advice along the way, what advice would you provide filmmakers with right now if you could give them one piece of advice? Actors, if or I can, writers, or just you can pick whomever. Um, I'm going to go with writers or filmmakers, because uh, the acting advice is the honest to god advice is get in a class. You know, work work the muscle. It's like going to the gym. Work your muscle. Keep going. I'm in class. Almost everyone I know is in class or trains privately. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Keep doing, because you're going to have to be lucky. But when you get to that point, it is luck. Like I got the help because I was lucky enough to someone like my first audition. I went. The directors and producers liked my next one, but I was lucky. I mean, you get there, but I was prepared. You know what I mean? You have to be prepared for when the luck comes your way. Right. You you can't just fall into it. The only people that fall into it are models. (laughs) And then even they have like three or four shots. And then if they kind of aren't good, they even wash away. Yeah. Yeah. But for filmmakers and I watch it, are you familiar with the Duplass brothers? I am. I, I enjoy them quite a bit, actually. 
I really they, they had a show and I can't remember the name of it, but it was on HBO two years ago and it was mm-hmm. about them being 30 something. I, I just love what I they do. I think it was called Brothers. Was it? Something, so. whatever it was, yeah. I really loved that show and I, yeah. I really enjoy their movies. But it's like he says something and he's like, if you have time on the weekend, get your friends together, go make something. Like, just make something. Like, that's like every month or two, I just start, my head starts going and I have stuff and I'm like, I have to make something. Like, if you're a young filmmaker, you're a young writer, write some stuff. Find some good actors. There's plenty of actors anywhere that are good. Find them. Find someone that knows what they're doing with the camera. You can get all these things for free on a smaller level or even for cheap on a smaller level and then go make stuff. Don't talk about it forever. Go make stuff. And that's kind of what Duplass, Smart Duplass says. He's like, get out there and make something. Because nobody's – if you don't have – here's a good example – I made a um, – so this Weekenders movie is a completely different thing than anything else I've written. It's nothing like Wild Man. It's nothing like Squirrel and Donkey. It's nothing like Almost Bounce Foodie. It is a John Hughes-like style love story about 230-somethings. Mm-hmm. And it's set in 2003. So what I said to myself is I was like, you know, before I get a director attached, before I you know, do whatever – People aren't going to want to read this because they don't, they don't have something to look at. They need to, people need something to look at. So I got $1,000 together. I built someone a deck, and I took $1,000 out of that. And I, uh, I called a friend of mine that's a DP, and I said, hey, if I give you $1,000, can we crew this up? And he was like, it's going to be rough. And I was like, hey, I'll have you out in five hours. He's like, all right. I got him. I got my friend. Um, Josh and Okala to come grip. I set all the lights up. My friend Anna Lines did all the art. We got it there. The actress and I had done it as a play, so we were so on point that it was just like set up the angles and just go. And that's what we did. And we made a short film that's eight minutes long called Generation Mixtape and it's just about two people at a high school reunion 20 years later and one of them, one of them brings the mixtape that the other one made them. And they talk about it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, that's how you have to do it. You have to look at people and say, hey, man, I've only got $100 for you, but this is going to be an eight-hour or less day. And I know that's less, but can you help me out? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. And by the way, I have no idea why I said brothers. It's called Togetherness. Yeah. That's it. Oh, I and, love that uh, show. Great. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. Maybe I was thinking brothers together. I don't know. So, Emi, my bad. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but yeah, that's a really really great point. In a lot of the short films, um, Maki Dapp, who uh, we interview on this podcast as well, did a short film that won an award for $0. And so I'm always astonished when I find out someone spent $20,000 on a short film um, that, that may or may not win. So it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, it's just not wise. It doesn't make any sense to make yeah. a short film for twenty thousand dollars. I mean, yeah. he's he makes great short films, Maki. I mean, he um, and yeah, he's he's got such a good eye for that type of stuff, especially like short form, which I think is actually really hard. Short mm-hmm. form is probably the hardest because if you've got forever to tell a story, for me at least, if you let me just open flow and type and talk, I love it. But when you're like, hey. 
you have five minutes, go. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why I love songwriting so much. I found it so challenging. That's kind of where I came from. Um, yeah. So I, I totally agree with that. Um, what, what are the biggest uh, creative and business mistakes you see newcomers making? Um, I mean, I don't know if this makes me old or not before I say this. <laughs> it's like... You know, we have all this technology, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you can make something look great. You can get a black magic camera and make it look amazing for like you can own that camera for six or seven hundred dollars. Right. Instead though, they shoot stuff on their iPhone and then they become like Insta movies or you know, YouTube sensation stuff. And like that's not a mistake. I don't know if I'm answering your question completely. I don't think that's a mistake. But it's like dumbing down the art form of filmmaking. Mm. Does that make sense? Like it it's mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, I, I mean, I get it. I get it. And I'm I mean, I could do that, but I'm like too old to like do to, to think that that's good. Like I want you to set up a story, even if it's two minutes long or I want you to set it up. I want you to make it look at least passable. And then I want you to like put that out. And I just see young people throwing like whatever up. Just like whatever. I hope you like it. It was on Instagram. And that's kind of a mistake. Also, I see most creatives not caring to learn about it anymore. I don't care if you go to acting school. I don't care if you go to USC for filmmaking or NYU. I don't care. But like get a library card, get a Netflix membership watch your heroes, watch what they did. I mean, that's what I did. I watched all these actors forever. I watched like, you know, guys that I really, I'm trying to think who I like really love that would be a little like Ethan Hawke. I really love Ethan Hawke. Mm-hmm. I think he's interesting. I think he's a great actor. And just like, I watched his stuff coming up. I just really dug what he did. Denzel Washington's another one. I, I love what Denzel does. Any movie he's in. I can't not like it. <laughs> yeah. Bill Murray. Bill Murray's another one. I mean, there's just these guys that I like grew up and I just watched them. And I think a lot of people I see now, I'm just like, I don't even think a lot of young people really know who some of the, know who Bill Murray is. Yeah. It's like amazing. really young people. It's yeah. weird. Again, so I think it kind of plays back to that star system comment I made earlier a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess they don't value it. They don't value it at all. I mean, to answer your question, I guess the, the, the mistake I see is people not schooling themselves in how to do things before they do them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so on that line of, of sort of getting someone up to speed, if you had one month to teach someone how to write, what are the first three things you would teach? And you can choose acting as well, just whichever one you think you could do better, I suppose. I would say I'll, – I'll, I'll say acting. Uh, what were the three things I would teach? Yeah, you have one month to make them a competent actor. Script analysis. It is amazing the young actors – and I teach young actors. And it is amazing how much they don't look at the script. Look at it. The period, the comma, the question mark, it guides you how to say the line. And people ignore it. Script analysis. Did it every day for three years in mm-hmm. grad school. 
um, I would teach them, I would teach them audition prep, you know? Well, I guess that doesn't, if they have a big gig already, I would teach. Well, well, no, 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 don't, don't feel, don't feel stuck to that framing. I just, I wanted to put the emphasis on the fact that you only have one month to do it, but Mm -hmm. I love that answer. I don't think we've ever gotten that answer before. Um, Audition audition prep. prep. Yeah. Because a lot of stuff I see, I see great actors that don't know what a camera does. You know, I would teach a, what, Explain I teach, that a little bit. Uh, I, don't know what a camera does. Okay. So if you're doing a, and then plays are obviously different, but if you're doing a movie or a television show, you need to like, know. you need to know, like, is this television show multicam? Is this television show single cam? Is this television show, uh, what kind of comedy is it? Is it a dark comedy? Cause they all play differently. Is it a drama? Cause there's little tricks in the writing of the script and how you deliver the line that work with the show, right? Like CSI procedurals, all that stuff have their little tricks. There's a certain way that you say the line to make that work in that world. Right. And the, the third thing I'd really go was like, I would sit them down and I would show them what a camera does. I would show them, I'd be like, this is what a two shot is doing. This is what a close-up is doing. You will hear the DP say, okay, now we're going to punch in. When they say punch in, your face can only move this much. Uh, <laughs> when you when say you this t- much because it's, because it's audio, are you, are you saying oh, a lot or a little? I'm saying a little. Yeah. Like if you're in a close-up, you need to know that your face really can't move very much. Uh, your you. face can move like a, a small turn. Uh, t- to give you an example, um, once I got bigger parts when I got to L.A., from the help, uh, we were doing like my second episode of True Blood, and I walked by a thing like a hospital, and I got tackled. Well, my first take, I walked by and I turned my head and look at him, and I keep going. Mm-hmm. And the guy was the, the guy directing was an editor, and he goes, "Hey man, come here." He goes, "You know, if you just use your eyes and don't move your head, it's going to look so much better on camera." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And the, the, that reads, and he was like, "Oh man, it reads so good." And I was like, okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you so much. And then I see what they shot and I wasn't listening at the time, but he was like, punch in, get him around this corner. What he was saying is punch in close on my face. So I don't need to turn my head. It's just stuff like that. You need to listen for. Mm -hmm. And that way, you know how to not get cut out. I mean, I've, it is imperative. You as an actor, when you show up on a film or television set, you pick your glass up at the same time. You do the same thing every time unless you are told not to, unless you're a lead. Because you don't want to be cut out. And if you mess up a lot and you don't hit your marks the same time, you get cut out. That's, yeah, that's, that was one of the first things someone told me. That's great advice. So, so just to recap, first, you're teaching them script analysis. Mm-hmm. Second you are doing audition prep and third, you're teaching them what a camera does. Yes. Now, those are the, th- those are the three things I would go with if I had a month. That's, that's fantastic. Um, so you mentioned this earlier, uh, you were talking about, um, Denzel and Bill Murray and Ethan Hawke, but which creatives do you admire uh, most and, and want to emulate and what do they do from a technical or skill standpoint that makes their work stand apart? And so this is any creative. Um, I would say at this point, what I'm doing more trying to write 
than anything else or also probably direct some. I think the person that I have, have it's always been there, but, but lately especially, I really look up to John Hughes and I watch all those movies and, and I watch how he, as a 38-year-old man or 35-year-old man, was had the mind and could talk like teenagers talk and didn't treat children like they were like stupid. Yeah. And um, I think that's what I really approach the, the work right now. Like I really want the lines to sound as real as possible and to make people really have this feeling in them. I, I try my best to move people lately. Now, wild man, I, I hope it like I hope everybody's laughed. I think most I've seen it quite a bit. Everybody seems to really like it, but that's a different thing. That's like um, that's the first thing I wanted to do. That was like trying to be like not trying to be, but like all these sports movies, like Bad News Bears and all that. That's what that was trying to be, like the yeah. movies I grew up loving. But sort of answer, I think John Hughes as a writer, is a person I look up to because of how he could make people feel with those words. As in, like, he can make you laugh and cry in the same same dialogue because he's making you feel that nostalgic feeling you had when you were younger, yeah. even if you're our age, you know? Yeah. I think... Um, king of nostalgia, for sure. Oh, king. And that's, that's de- you know, that's definitely the world I live in. I'm definitely nostalgia-driven. Yeah. Um, I think as an actor, I try, I try to really, this is a good question. I really think about who that I, I look up to as an actor and I think, oh my God, just, I, I can't get enough of you. And I think it's Sam Rockwell. <laughs> Interesting choice. I, That's good. I've always loved him. I mean, he should have, I feel like he should have won an Oscar for Moon, but I just like that. It's kind of that thing, which thank you very much. That was a great compliment about how I always bring myself to the role. That's right. what he does. And I watch him do that, and it's just effortless. Like the stuff he does in like Charlie's Angels, where he's like dancing backwards, smoking cigarettes, <laughs> it's ridiculous. But you 100% buy it. Yeah. Even in uh, Three Billboards. Did you see that? I haven't seen Three Billboards yet, but I really, it's, it's on the list. Everyone is great. Francis McDormand, him, everybody. Uh, he's just such a just unlikable. He just switches from being the worst piece of crap you've ever seen to like at the end, you're like he redeems himself and he, uh, he's great. I think he's probably top five guys working. Now, I've used three billboards as an example of the point we were making earlier about how story wins out these days. And people might argue and say, well, Francis McDormand is a star and Sam Rockwell's a star. But I would say they're more talent, their, their talent meter uh, rises above their star meter. And, I, and that's why I think the point you know, is still valid. Um, and the thing I love about Sam is that I've seen him, I think I've seen him in, like, in a space movie, I've seen him in Moon, I've seen him uh, be a villain. I've seen him be a Southern bumpkin. I've seen him be a cowboy and he's always still Sam a little bit. Yeah. That's a, it's brilliant. That movie. I mean, that's interesting. You say, I'll speak to that real quick. I think that that's funny about the, um, you're, I think you're totally right. The star meter. <laughs> what I would say to people is these people are great actors, you mm-hmm. know, 
Robert De Niro, Meryl Streep, they're all amazing actors, icons. Um, you know, Sam Rockwell and Brad Pitt and all these people are all just considered great actors. But you're right, like eight of them carry weight. Mm-hmm. And really, if you're not in a Marvel movie, you don't carry that much weight in Hollywood. Right, right. If that's, you're, that's my point, yeah. That's what I'm yeah, saying. If you're, yeah. if you're not Thor, and it's not even just a Marvel movie, it's what character are you? You know, I mean, if you're not Robert Downey Jr., yeah, I mean, you just don't carry weight. Or if you're not in a DC movie, if you're not um, Margot Robbie, you don't carry that much weight. Those are the people that are first right of refusal on scripts. Yeah, that's the star system. That's you know, if you're Tom Cruise, I get it. Uh, you're if you get him, go go full speed ahead. But yep. if, you, if you can't get Tom Cruise, um, then then you'll have to lean hard on talent and story. Um, you know, so that's, that's, and look, I look at Francis McDormand, like people take me to task for liking burn after reading. I think it's sneakily one of the best movies you're going to watch. And she's amazing in it. Um, it's, it's just a really good, uh, look at, at her talent. Um, this has been so much fun. I can't believe it that I'm actually on the last question already, Ted. <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, I've run out. I've run out of things to ask you. Um, not really. <laughs> in, <laughs> in your opinion, what are the top three online resources for helping writers and actors? IMDb, 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 IMDb. Any that I mean, that's like a, a dictionary a, and a phone book for all that stuff all rolled into one. You know what now, I mean? You, do you mean pro or just regular or both? I mean pro. I mean, pro, because you need to see who's buying what script. If your script is kind of like that, you want to see what they would be interested in yours, and you can kind of find a mailing address. And actors, it's like, well, what has this person I really like been in before this that I can watch? Oh, right here. It's all right here. Um, You know know what else? This is kind of sounds funny, but you know what else I hear or I think is really good? I watched one of, and I I really liked it. Those master classes, the Mm -hmm. ones with like, um, you know, Hans Zimmer talks to you about scoring or, or, or I think I, the, I watch Ron no. Howard's. I want to see that one. Is it great? Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. I, I've always liked Ron Howard. I grew up watching Andy Griffith. <laughs> yeah. like, like I secretly root for him and everything that he does. Happy days. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I think those are great. I've watched a couple of those and, um, yeah, I just I think you don't have you didn't have that kind of access when we were younger. No, you know yeah. it's a, it's it's amazing. They they do a great job with their community as well. They'll do these um, they'll do these uh, live sessions with the with the person that taught the course, and they'll just send out an email say first come first serve, hop on, ask this person anything. Yeah, and then I think workshops. Like there's so many really kind of bigger directors and writers and and uh, not as much writers, but bigger directors and bigger actors that do workshops all over. Mm-hmm. Like Jason Alexander from Seinfeld teaches all over the country. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. He was on a Mark Maron talking about that. He said, yeah. I mean, I act, but I teach a lot. And Does he have a website in- so so that people could find that if they wanted to? I'm sure he does. It's probably Jason Alexander something dot com, but like anything like that to where for for me, like 
if I can sit in and I can do a scene or just even talk to you about like what, how did you do this or how did that go? That to me is like a, a resource that when I was coming up, even going through school, which was, we, we had, we were very in the internet age when I went through school, like you just couldn't find that stuff. You might read a book about somebody, but that's all there was. Mm -hmm. So those would be my resources. Well, we have uh, come to the conclusion of a fun conversation. Just another one in our history banks. Tell, tell everybody where uh, they can find you on the internet or on social media. Uh, on social media, you can find me on Instagram at the Ted Welch. Anywhere else? I do not tweet, and I'm deleting my Facebook. So that's it. <laughs> okay, now you've piqued my interest. Tell me why you're deleting your Facebook. I'm just deleting my Facebook after my high school reunion that's coming up next week because it's like, I'm just, I don't know. I'm over it. There's too much info and I end up wasting too much time looking at everything. And I just would rather like have my Instagram, look at pictures, like pictures and cool. Gotcha. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. I, uh, I have also been taking a test for not having a Facebook presence and I'm on Facebook but I'm a faceless entity on there. And I really am actually on Facebook only to manage when I'm tagged in pictures to ensure that, you know, people that are tagging me in pictures, I, I can see them and say, okay, that's cool. You know what I mean? So that's, yeah. Yeah. Well, my friend, I hope I'll see you soon. I hope I'll talk to you soon. I know I will. And uh, thank you again for, for all your time and, and um, energy on this. Thank you for having me, man. It was uh, it was good talking to you, and I will see you soon. Yeah, absolutely. Take care, Teddy. All right. Thank All right. You've been listening to the Make It Podcast. To find more information on this week's creative, including links to their projects, social media, and transcripts of this interview, please visit our website at www.bonsai.film forward slash podcast. If you haven't already, you can join our podcast community on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Bonsai Creative and on Facebook by searching for Bonsai Creative. And of course, if you're looking to take a big step towards your filmmaking success, go to www.bonsai.film and click on Show Me How to schedule a free discovery meeting and needs assessment. You have everything to gain. Until next time, be better, be creative, be engaged, and thank you for listening.